Hey there, neighbor. Welcome to Good Life News, where we talk about ideas, living the abundant Christian life, and God's wonderful love. I'm your host, Pastor Lauren Fenton, an old farm kid, Bible student, preacher of grace, husband of one, father of two, papa for five, and really just another pilgrim headed for home. Let's walk together for a few minutes. Greetings once again, friends. I'm Lauren Fenton, and this is episode 40 of the Good Life News podcast and blog. The focus of this month's episode is the spiritual fruit of goodness. Goodness is number six of the nine fruits of the Spirit. There's love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, and then goodness. These nine fruits are naturally divided into three groups of three each. First, Love, joy, and peace are the fruit of a spiritual heart. Second, patience, kindness, and goodness are the fruit of spiritual relationships. And then third, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control are the fruit of a godly character. As I mentioned last month, each of these individual fruits build on each of the other fruits preceding it. For instance, the fruit of love, agape love, serves as the foundation for all the rest. Agape love then produces joy, which in turn provides us with peace. And when we have peace, we can experience patience, kindness, and goodness. From there, we can move on in our spiritual journey to faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So today, let's spend a few minutes thinking about number six, goodness. I pray that you will experience all the fruits of the Spirit in your life today, and know the power they provide to live in a positive witness for Jesus in every relationship of your life. For a couple of weeks in the summer I turned 25, I had the privilege of camping high in the Colorado Rockies to participate in a wilderness survival training experience. The scenery was spectacular, of course, and our group was friendly and congenial, and the instructors obviously knew what they were doing. They had many years of experience to share with all of us students. I've never forgotten that first night around the campfire. The skies were ablaze with a million stars, and the cool mountain air pushed us close to the crackling fire, and we enjoyed sharing our names and a few details about ourselves as we began getting acquainted. When everyone had finished sharing, the leader, our teacher of our class, spoke, and he said, We'll be teaching you several vital skills this week so that if you ever find yourself stranded and isolated in the wilderness for whatever reason, you will have some important knowledge that can save your life. But there's one thing you must remember. The wilderness doesn't care. The wilderness doesn't care. So why would I start an episode of the Good Life News podcast and blog focusing on goodness with this story? Simply this, caring comes from love, and love can only come from a person, a good person, not from rocks or rivers, mountains or mist, majestic trees or buried treasure. The wilderness doesn't care. It can't because it doesn't have the capacity to love. The wilderness is neither good nor evil, although both outcomes of good and evil can result from engagement in the wilderness. 
Looking at the wider universe of outer space, or the micro-universe, we see nothing anywhere that contains within itself the quality of personhood needed for love, joy, peace, patience, or any of the other fruits of the Spirit. Nonetheless, we have all experienced caring from other people, even if we only count the cuddling, feeding, and caressing we receive as newborn babies. But as life goes on, the vast, vast majority of human beings live in community that cares about them. Caring exists. We all know it from life. The most tragic condition is for someone to feel that he or she is in a situation where no one cares. Thousands of suicides occur every year for this simple reason. But there is someone who does care. The same God who created the wilderness created you, and he cares about you. And God cares because he is good. Please think carefully about this and make the connection. Goodness must come from a person because it is a spiritual, moral quality non-existent in bare nature alone. So let's talk about that for a bit. In the ancient world, the concept of a good deity was unknown. Pagan Rome, Greek, and Egyptian gods were basically magnified versions of human beings, anthropomorphic superbeings with superpowers who cared nothing about mere people. Their existence was in an imagined, fantastic universe, the stories of which were repeated generation after generation. The belief in these so-called deities was so strong that great temples were built to honor them. People made long pilgrimage to gain approval or find personal peace. The gods of the ancient Canaanites were particularly evil. Their blessings, or better described as condescensions, could be obtained by humans only at great cost. Unthinkable sacrifices, for instance, children burned alive to appease the god Marduk, were demanded by the local and national deities. The people lived in constant fear because of the evil threats from their so-called gods. But the God of Abraham was altogether different. Yahweh, Jehovah, was known to be the great creator of all the universe, yet he was also a God of compassion, patience, and love. The peoples of the ancient Levant knew of Yahweh through Abram, whose reputation was as a friend of Yahweh. This idea of a divine being who could be a personal friend of individual humans was an entirely new concept for them. Abram was a nomad dwelling in tents, and everywhere he pitched his camp, he built an altar to Yahweh. After Abram moved on, the altars remained as mute testimonies to a God who cares and who wants to bless human beings with hope healing, and kindness. Now here's a thought. The God of Abraham is still the very same God we worship today. And just as Yahweh related as Abraham's divine friend, he wants to have the same relationship with you. He wants to be your friend. He created you for a purpose, to be an ambassador for his kingdom of agape love and grace. God wants you to be a carrier of his goodness to your world, a world filled with angst and evil. But how can we convey God's goodness, both adequately and faithfully, 
when we ourselves wrestle with both good and evil in our own heart. The Apostle Paul had the same problem. He detailed his spiritual struggle in Romans 7, and toward the end of that chapter, he cries out in utter desperation, Oh, what a miserable person I am! Who will free me from this life that is dominated by sin and death? Thank God the answer is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That's Romans 7, 24 and 25 from the New Living Translation. And then Paul launches the most powerful passage detailing the gospel message in all the scriptures. So now, he says, there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. And because you belong to him, the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you from the power of sin that leads to death. This is Romans 8, verses 1 and 2. Friend, I would encourage you to spend a significant amount of time reading and meditating on Paul's teaching here in Romans 8. The book of Romans is the heart of New Testament theology, and chapter 8 is the heart of Romans. My wife and I have recently begun memorizing this entire chapter in the New Living Translation. These words are sweet and powerful, and they fill our hearts with joy and celebration. About three years after Paul addressed his letter to the believers in Rome, he penned a letter to the church in Ephesus. His letter to the Ephesians is, again, one of the core messages of God's love and grace found in the New Testament. I want to share with you chapter 2, verse 10, but I really urge you to spend some quality time with this book also. Understanding Paul's theology of the gospel will fire your soul like nothing else. Here's Paul's message to the believers in Ephesus and to us. He says, We are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus, so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago, Ephesians 2.10. So let's think of it this way. God not only saves us by his grace, but restores us to the spiritual standing we need to faithfully and accurately represent him with our lives. This was God's purpose for us from the beginning, but by sinning, we spoiled our witness and corrupted our influence. So when other people see us in our unsaved condition, even though we may claim to be Christians, they get a distorted, negative view of God's character. But consider those words I just shared with you from Paul. God has created us anew in Christ Jesus so we can do the good things he planned for us long ago. God brought us into existence for a very specific purpose, just as he created the angels to be an essential part of his kingdom of love and grace. We were designed to be filled with the goodness of God and live that goodness every day of our existence in all of our relationships, communications, thoughts, words, and deeds. I don't know about you, but I find that idea both inspirational and impossible. I know very well that in my own strength, I cannot possibly live up to that high standard. Nevertheless, that's the very reason the promise of God to produce in us the fruits of the Spirit is so very precious. Since God is the source of goodness, he produces the fruit of goodness in every soul accepting his calling. So to summarize, 
In our world, there is both good and evil. Many anecdotes illustrate the kindness of thoughtful people. Many others report the evil actions of the power-hungry or the self-centered. Frankly, to live a balanced life, we must recognize and acknowledge the reality of both good and evil and choose which pattern we follow. Choosing good does not deny the reality of evil, but empowers agape love to live above it. Choosing evil may feed self-righteousness with temporary good feelings, but in the end it destroys everything it touches, including the very one who indulges evil or hateful or lustful thoughts and or actions. So the choice is yours. Where will you focus your heart today? Look well to this day. Yesterday is only a memory. Tomorrow is only a dream. Today, well lived, however, makes every yesterday a fountain of joy and every tomorrow a vision of hope. The choice you make, whether large or small, will carry an irretrievable influence into the world around you. Choose well, therefore. You are creating your own legacy today. Well, thank you so much for listening today. I do pray that you have been blessed. I hope you can join me for next month's episode. I'll be sharing some thoughts on the spiritual gift of faithfulness. Watch for that on July 25. So mark your calendar, be sure to tune in, and invite someone else to listen with you. And as always, if you enjoy these podcasts and blog posts, please do share the links with your friends, your family, or whomever. And my many thanks in advance. So we've come to the end of this episode of the Good Life News Podcast. If you would like to comment or join a conversation about today's content, please visit our website, www.goodlifenews.life. I'd love to hear your thoughts and observations. On the website's blog page, you can also find a complete transcript of the most recent episode, which will always be posted at the top of the page. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can subscribe on Anchor, Spotify, Google Podcast, and other podcast platforms. If you would like to help out in this ministry, it is incredibly helpful if you would leave a nice rating or review on your platform of choice. Well, thanks for listening, and be sure to tune in again next time as we continue our journey exploring more about God's love, His amazing grace, and the incredible good news of the everlasting gospel. Until then, walk in peace, live in hope, and hold your treasures with open hands.